uh, before we begin, let's uh, reintroduce ourselves to all the listeners who may be tuning into us for the very first time. I myself am six. And I am MBP. And our third host, Shoreline, he is once again out for some work trips. Uh, he doubles as an audio engineer and um, he's going back into the mix doing his thing. But we are the Cancel for Maintenance podcast and we're a show that talks and takes a behind the scenes look at the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. Uh, we give so, uh, some comedic and insightful nuggets of wisdom in hopes of giving you, the listener, that split moments relief that may just help prevent a mishap, possibly save your life. At the very least, you'll get a, a wind down from hearing us talk about our stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> and go, how are these guys not dead? Yeah, but we made all the mistakes so you don't have to again. So, uh, And we continue to make them for science. <laughs> for science, you know? So you don't have to. Yay, everybody wins. <laughs> Yay. Uh, shoreline, in, in, insert that clapping. People clapping in the background. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, today, uh, we were kind of just talking about this offline. And it kind of... Well, we were talking about it offline because you had, had an experience with it here real recently. Or you were in a meeting where this happened. Yes. Uh, it's about... Like provocation, otherwise known as like trash talk or shit talking. We, we, if you've ever been in the industry such as aviation, this is everywhere and it takes all sorts of forms. <laughs> everywhere and every day. You can't yeah. escape it. And I got to tell you, good trash talking is an art form. Like I'm smiling right now because I'm thinking of some of the instances. Not that I, I'm not a great trash talker. Like I, I get one liners in here and there, I get lucky. But there's some people that have, have made it a real art form that can just mm, cut you with with a verbal with a verbal knife. Like yeah. oh beautiful. And the ones that get me the most are like the safer email uh trash talks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just yeah. it comes across your uh your inbox and like this guy's talking shit about me. You can just read it. Yeah, you read it. It's real. Like, especially when the email, you know how the person talks in real life. And when they come across and you know they pulled out Webster's Dictionary <laughs> to write this email. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and some of ones. them, you know, like they're real good. Like they're very good jokes, but they say it so well in email or just even in person. It's like professional cussing at this point. And like, it's not so bad where you, you readily understand it as cussing or talking shit but after some time it kind of it sits and it marinates and like this motherfucker been talking smack <laughs> but you know like time's already passed and you have you can't go back to it and like oh man i freaking love it yeah you're sitting there in the shower oh i should have responded with this but it's too late you can't come back a day or two later right then uh, if you can't if you can't hit it with a quick wit then you know lick your wounds and cut your losses try again next time now, now I have seen some individuals who t have tried, right? They, they got the, the shit talking. They got their their ego shut down. They wait a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, or whatever, and they'll show up again. They'll try to start some other stuff with you, and like, like you didn't learn your lesson the first time, and then they cut you down again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of friends that we have are like extremely good at this, and I don't know how they do it. They just, they they just have like these uh this library of just professional cussing in their, in their minds that they can just like easily readily pull one out. And then it just cuts you for, uh, for good. I'm like, 
Oh, damn, that was fast. Like you were prepared. You were ready for this. <laughs> yeah, it was a kill show. Like I said, I, I, I envy people who can do that because I am not one of those. Now that said, I have one of those that works for me and they get me on nearly a daily basis. And all I can do is laugh because got me like, damn it. <laughs> oh, just birds like really grinding Cong- in. <laughs> congrats. I played myself. <laughs> uh, and then going back to what you were alluding earlier about the actual shit talking that I experienced at work. So tell me a place is toxic without really telling me is I, I'm in a restroom. I'm just going there to wash my hands. And I hear a person in the stall with his phone on speaker in a meeting as he's pushing loaves out. I'm like, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's talking. Oh, you pressed. <laughs> and he's talking. No, he's talking. Uh, and he's talking. And you can hear all the noises and all the motions and everything happening. People are flushing the toilets next to him. I'm like, come on, guy, man. Like, at that point, can you just that's say, hey. Real, that's real shit talking. Yeah, real, real shit talking. <laughs> I'm literally on the can <laughs> in this meeting. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of that meeting, he, he, he or she probably said, like, I will have max participation in this meeting. No excuses. And then that person in the stall, like, but I need to use the restroom. Like, did I fucking stutter? <laughs> you will be in this meeting one way or another. Like, all right, it's your, it's your fucking, it's your ears, not mine. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, like you know, I've been in, in in a meeting very recently too, where you know it was a Skype meeting, right? So some people were in the room, some people were not. Uh, you know, the other ones who were not, they called in via Skype, and they're sitting there on the on the speakerphone, and the phone's not on mute, and it's right before the meeting starts, and everybody's talking, and you can see on the on the monitor like who's on the phone. And a uh, couple of guys were talking, you know, you know, this guy he sets up these grandiose schedules. It's really just a good idea for him. All he does is come and sprinkle his good ideas and fucking leave. The best <laughs> part about what he does is fucking leave, you know, and this and that and the other. And somebody's the guy that they were talking about was on. He's like, guys, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the phone. And the guys talking shit were like, we said what we said. <laughs> like holy shit not even like that but that has to be so freeing though to be in that position where you're just openly talking shit like that and somebody hears it and they're like hey but i'm right here and you're like yeah i know it was meant for you to you to hear oh <laughs> <laughs> so what, you know, that what can- do you respond with that well yeah well you guys you guys are stupid heads or you, know, or you like, do like that childish thing where you just repeat what they say in like this, <laughs> this really stupid voice like, oh no, you would have out of my <laughs> You know, that kind of reminds me of uh, the movie A uh, Few Good Men. And this is probably my second most favorite scene next to the one in court where Jack Nicholson like just like really like hands the lawyers the case. It's, uh, it's in the very beginning where uh, Demi Moore is rehearsing her speech to get assigned the case in the movie. And then uh, I guess the head Jag or the head captain or whatever the heck is, he's like, uh, command, uh, Joanne, like, why don't you go uh, get yourself a cup of coffee? And then Demi Moore's like, no, sir, I'm fine. And then like, without missing a beat, looks her dead in the face and go, just goes like, look, commander, I just need you to leave the room so we can talk shit about you behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then she like just gets up and leaves. The <laughs> I mean, yeah. some people don't really find that funny. I was cracking up. Cause some people you just gotta be real blunt with about them like that. And uh, t- going going backwards now for the whole shit talking thing or trash talking is like why do we do it? Uh, why does it? Why is it so common in, in aviation and other industries? It's usually right. industries where there's a lot of like hands on labor. And well, yeah, and, and it's not a new concept either, right? Philip of Macedon, Philip the Second of Macedon, sent his enemies a message, basically saying, "If I bring my armies to your land, uh, we're going to destroy you. Or if I bring my armies to your land, I'll destroy you." And what did the enemies respond with? They just wrote, "If, if, <laughs> you know, yeah." And the idea behind the trash talk, as you were alluding to with uh, Philip of Macedon and all kinds of other ones, you see them too in car commercials too. Like they'll get real brave about it. Like uh, I think it was uh, Mercedes. They did um, a commercial with chicken heads, like or chickens, and it just shows like how like you can bomb and weave a chicken, but its head doesn't move. Everything it moves, but except for their head. And then Jaguar got brave and says like, um, well, we don't want magic chickens. We want cat-like reflexes or some shit like that, right? And I'm like, oh, damn, Jaguar freaking swing, swing in a hook. <laughs> and the idea behind the trash talk and the, and the provocation is if done correctly or used properly, it kind of sparks competition, like a healthy, perfect competition. Yeah, you mostly see it in sports like, like, you know, you got the receiver going up. Defense, like, like I got you. You ain't getting by me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you got you got fast enough feet? That that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of the to to boast about your performance or your uh, abilities, and in a way insult the other person. But it, if done correctly, in such a way, it, again, it sparks that competition, and competition breeds innovation. It breeds new ideas. It makes people want to try harder or it makes people want to do things better. And in our industry, like when we talk smack or trash talk, it, it's usually along the lines like, or it don't take forever when you do this inspection or are you going to be done before the end of shift or something like that, right? Like something along the lines like do your job and do it right and be Well, or my, my favorite, my favorite and the one I hate the most to be told, uh, you're struggling with something and all you hear is you want daddy to bring that home for you? <laughs> Shut up. You want to you ring the daddy bell? You want me to do it? <laughs> yeah. I'll ring it right now. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's even more funny when it's uh, women mechanics that do it because it's rare having them on the floor to begin with. But the ones that are there, they're very good at their job for the most part. And it it doesn't hit the same way when they say something like you want mommy to do it. I'm like, that that doesn't sound right. Just just say daddy. It's okay. I've still heard, I've still heard women say you want daddy to daddy to bring it home for you, and you're like, it's kind of it's kind of like you don't know how to respond. You're like, but you're but you're a girl, yeah, but I'm still daddy to you. Oh man, <laughs> I'm a dumbly bitch. <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That reminds me of uh, uh, Coyote when she came on, right? It was like, you want daddy to do it for you? Like, she's like this 5'2 skinny girl and like, like telling like big dudes to, to pretty much kick rocks. I'm like, and they take it. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, she's not five two. She's probably taller. Yeah, than or you, or you get this one all the time. I think uh, I always refer to her as your sister, but her her thing she would always say is like, "Don't be a bitch." She would just look <laughs> at you, like look in your eyes, look what you're doing, like, "Don't be a bitch." <laughs> like I could have had that done already, but you're kind of being like a little bitch about it. And you're like, "Shut up! I've got all my tools out yet." <laughs> <laughs> and again, like this one done correctly, it it, it um. It sparks uh, competition and innovation. However, if you use it incorrectly, that kind of turns into a competition of just trying to cut the other person down. Or uh, how do you say? Um, like one-upping. Like you're trying to one-up that person. And well, you're trying to get that, 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 that kill shot, right? Like eight mile. You're trying to get that final verse in that yes. just shuts the whole event down. Yes. Because there's no comeback to it. And uh, if taken too far, then it turns into bullying and then sometimes hazing. Then just fights. Yes. And then, <laughs> then you just start these rivalries that just, they didn't have any base to really go off of other than the other person just talked smack about you and called your mom fat or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those, those, uh, uh, middle school fights, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the other one, right? Somebody is really into going to the gym, right? And into the fitness and all that stuff. And that's all they talk about. So you just kind of approach them. You, uh, and you never might've never talked to him before. And you're like, so you're, uh, I take it you're into fitness. Yeah, man. I love fitness. Obviously look at me. That's cool. How about, uh, how about fitness dick in your mouth then? Oh. Oh. <laughs> and everybody around, Oh, you know, <laughs> and that just adds the insult when everybody else like starts to go going, Oh shit. <laughs> uh, that person's like, Hey, what the fuck, man? So like I did it to one of our security guys overseas. What the heck was his name? Uh, dude was from South Carolina. Um, super, super awesome guy. We ended up becoming real good friends. Uh, but we were on deployment. He'd shown up. I'd already been there several months. And, uh, he uh, <laughs> he didn't, you know. He was just all he was talking about the first few days. I hit with that one liner. That's the first thing I've ever I've ever said to him. And he was like, he just kind of stares at me. I was like, all right, man. I just went into the other room, like where our office was. And like an hour later, he opens the door. He's like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I ain't even said two words to you. And that's the fucking first thing you say. And I was like, pretty funny though. Huh? He's like, I mean. Yeah, now he's always pissed off for about 30 minutes, but it was just pretty, and then we ended up becoming good friends and guess what, going to the gym and working out together and stuff, but, but, uh, that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. So speaking about the gym, that kind of sparked a memory with me. Like, uh, whenever we go into like work trips or whatever, there's always like a gym nearby, be it a hotel or like something that we brought along. And it would always be like this ongoing tease to each other. It's like, bro, you looking kind of small, man. Like, well, either you're getting smaller, or I'm just getting big, you know, or some stupid shit like that. And like, fuck you, man. Like, oh, he tries to pump on like five more just to get that extra swole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or um, he takes like that one pre-workout that swears it's going to make you big. Like um, uh, Super Pump, I think it was called. Or some other craziness. You see guys like just like dry, dry swallowing um, pre-workout powder. <laughs> Fucking ripping lines of pre-work. What was that? Uh, it was really big in Iraq. Was it No Explode? Yeah. I think no it was explode. really big in the Iraq days. Yeah, No Explode. Dudes were pretty much ripping lines of No Explode off the counter. Yeah. And, well, first and, it was No and, and then shot and following up with a chaser of that, uh, um, the hell's that energy drink? Uh, 
We've talked about it before. Six. Oh, what, what is that? Uh, rippets. rippets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are, those or a mix of no explode and rippets and just seeing how close to death you can really get from a heart attack. Yeah, not to include like the massive heat wave or the freezing cold and shit. You know, just like stuff like your body's not meant to take when it's healthy. And <laughs> I shouldn't be succumbed to this kind of pressures on a daily, but here we are. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so while, while we're getting this with being overzealous or too wrapped up in the one-upping or just getting the kill shot, is yeah, like it's cool to like kind of give a little bit of a competitive nudge to your your buddies or your rivals. But when you start uh, focusing too hard on just talking smack, you know, just kind of like we're we're gonna do better in sales, or you're gonna really suck because we're just really gonna kill it, or something like that, you stop uh, focusing on what you're supposed to be doing, and you're just worrying about talking shit to the other person. You you know what I mean? You ever seen some of that happen? Like yeah. They their whole day they just show up to work and they just talk shit the whole time and they do maybe some work just to kind of stay busy, but majority of their effort is just trying to uh, outdo the person or probably do some kind of shot prank or whatever just just to get that kill shot in there whatever it is be a one liner or be it like just getting them with that solid prank that they really can't um, come back from. <laughs> Is it in your experience as that one person that's not really doing a lot of work but doing all the shit talking typically an older heavier set dude? Sometimes. You know what? Now, now did you mention that? Sometimes. Um most times. So what I like to do in those instances and we're like, oh man, you're you're the best at this, huh? Well then all right, Daddy, I'll ring that bell. Come over here and show me how to do it. And you're standing there. Let's just say the dude's name is Gerald. What's going on, Gerald? You can't fit into that panel, that bay. What's going on? You want me to get some? You want me to get some plastic uh, spoons and and mold your fat into the bay so you can squeeze <laughs> in everybody? What's going on? Like, can you just start shit talking them back like that? Yeah, it's body shaming, but fuck them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's like borderline, right? And again, like we said, like it, if a little bit to kind of check your egos or just give yourself that competition is one thing. But, you know, like when you take it too far, then it turns into bullying, hazing and all that other craziness where things get out of control very fast. And that's kind of like the cons of trash talking. Um, and kind of bringing back what you said, like or earlier when we we're talking about like you're in a speakerphone or you're in a room full of people and you finally just let it out, whatever your frustration was. Like, yeah, I, I said what I said. You, you heard me. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, when you finally get to that point of no return, like, what are you going to do? Fire me? Bet yeah. you don't. I bet you won't. And as the employee doing that, hell yeah, it feels freaking great, right? Because you finally, you finally said what you needed to get off your chest. It feels great for that instant or maybe more because you finally asserted yourself. Now, flipping the script on this, if you were like that person's boss or his lead or his supervisor or whatever, you can't you you kind of have to put a lid on that because now everyone just starts seeing you as a bitch really and they start questioning your your position and it may be it may not even be because you suck it could just be oh this person called you a bitch and you're not correcting it so like is that alpha beta mentality you know what i mean like oh we, we just took down the alpha so we don't have to listen to him or her anymore it's like the, the pac this herd pack mentality so, or that pecking order type thing. Yes, that's it. That's what I was looking for. And so you as the boss, the supervisor, whoever's in charge of that person who just talked, uh, called you out. I mean, there's a whole bunch of options you can go with. 
either one, you can ignore it, which you can run the gamut of what kind of ramifications you're going to get from that. But sometimes uh, an employee is just like venting about something. They just needed to talk out loud. Like it's fucking, it's hot in here or it's cold in here. Uh, why are we staying here so long? Right. Just like someone always has something to be irate about or go on a tirade about something, but it's nothing. Um, damning I guess so it's nothing like val- value they're just talking shit to talk shit so like oh well, yeah, just, just talking to hear their own voice yes and you, like, they, they just run their mouth like whatever just let them motor out and they'll be we'll go and continue on as business as usual sometimes you get the ones I just really have the have it in them to just challenge you openly in a group of professionals say like in a meeting or um uh, like a tasking for the day for like the line guys or rampers or whatever the case may be. Someone just really has to throw it in there to, to fucking put you on blast, whether you're the lead or the supervisor, or whatever. At that point, I mean, you can either pull this person to the side or you can just like call them out on their own shit in front of everybody. Right. Sometimes you got to let everybody know who's the boss in, in the room. Like, and that doesn't mean you got to talk shit back. I mean, you could, I guess, depending on the situation or the setting you're in. But that kind of goes into the professional cussing we were talking about where you can cut someone down and everyone in the room will just readily nod their head and accept it. And it's not till maybe like five, 10 minutes later where they figure out that you just called them a bitch in front of everybody <laughs> and they haven't processed it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's takes time to sit in but you know like trash talking it can also it can demoralize you right you can just make you like oh man i'm you know maybe start believing believing the trash talk yes but in many instances and i know most of us you know i know for six and i and for most of you listening like most of the time trash talk like makes you step up your game oh yeah i'll fucking show you i'm gonna show you and then i'm gonna fucking talk shit right back to you oh i can't wait it's gonna be sweet retribution yep or what's the thing? Like we, we, you talk shit back with your actions, right? Like I'll keep quiet, but but let's see who's gonna freaking get all get all these freaking things done better, you know? Or something to that effect, right? Where you're gonna show them up uh, with your actions, and that's the typical route for most people to do. But every once in a while, you know, you gotta uh, toot the horn a little bit and speak up for yourself, assert yourself. Like I'm not gonna take your bullshit, and I'm gonna show you what's up. <laughs> uh, right. But sometimes too, like the trash talking is kind of like an informal assessment of yourself, of, of your performance. You know what I mean? Well, whatever position it is, <clears throat> sometimes they're voicing a problem and the problem is you, but you're just too caught up in whatever it is you're doing to see it. And uh, so sometimes like someone just doesn't have that kind of a filter and they put you on blast and, or that person like, just says it to your face. I'm like, well, I'm not a piece of shit or I don't yell all the time. Like, yeah, you do, man. <laughs> and I don't understand why you just do. And it kind of annoying. Yeah. Or, why is, why is everything? Yeah. Why is everything not good until you can actually, unless it's done by you. All right. All right. Bet. Get out there and do it. But know this, the minute you falter, I'm on you. I got you. Uncle Sam got your ass. Uncle you know? Sam got your ass now. <laughs> and uh, this this kind of uh, came up uh, in a meeting once is when people use the word but in a sentence. Like um, 
like that kind of goes back to like being called out on your shit or being um uh identified as the problem. Like you start making excuses like yeah, but this. So whatever you can have like all kinds of justifying statements. The second you say but, it just nullifies everything and everything after the 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 word but is more relevant. It it it, it blows my mind every time when people do that cuz they would say yeah, uh, quality assurance. You have very solid points, but X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, but I don't care about those, and I want to do Weasley shit anyways. Yeah, it's like thanks for invalidating everything about our livelihoods, like from our time. <laughs> thanks for justifying exactly why I'm here. Yes, and that kind of goes back to the the cycle of engine, the uh, whole cycle of things where we trash talk each other because. We're trying to get other per- other people to do better, but they just kind of take that as a demoralizer and they just do worse. <laughs> right. Um, I think you were going, I think you were mentioning on that. And I kind of went off a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Uh, you know, we're reading this article here. Um, you know, workplace is a hotbed of competition. Uh, one of the natural consequences of that is, is the, Trash talking um, says trash talk is just one way uh, to play out, but it's a risky business. It's a way of generating instant rivalry. So I think six, you talked about this a little bit, but but because of that competition, you get those rivalries, and then, uh, oftentimes those rivalries aren't they end badly. Yes. Uh, another unappetizing consequence of trash talk is that it leads to dirtier tactics, right? So there goes that, uh, with that rivalry, it turns from, I'm going to outwork you to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to outwork you anymore. I'm going to find every flaw that you have. And I will exploit that to everyone I can. Yes. I have seen that. And and that's, that's really bad. Kind of like sabotaging you, right? And sure. Yeah. And uh, it can be something small, like uh, I'm going to pick out your errors in front of everybody or I'm going to say like how what you want to do is not feasible or cost efficient to in front of everybody instead of just saying like, hey, man, you might want to move a zero here or there or some shit like that. Like just really putting you on blast uh, to highlight your faults or your weaknesses or sabotage you directly, indirectly, like um, or it could be something subtle like. Or you're going to work with this new this new person who has no experience whatsoever on this plane. Oh, by the way, this has to be ready in the next two hours. I'm like, like this takes two hours with four very skilled and knowledgeable people, and you want me to do it with myself and a non-experienced person, kind of. In half the time. Yeah, that's kind of uh, in kind of setting me up for failure here, friend. <laughs> yeah, well, get it done because. Yeah, and I, we've seen that kind of punishment for somebody like you, your competition is too threatening for them, whether it be your trash talk or your performance. So they undercut you and just kind of give you some form of a handicap just to kind of establish dominance, I guess, or uh, reinforce their their place in the pecking order because you trash talk too uh, too much for them to handle. And it's starting to get unruly in their eyes, right? Like, oh, before it's a friendly competition. Now it's uh, now it could be an HR case. Yes, and oh, oh boy, man! Like uh, there's 
so many different nuances, man, that HR can jump in on this, especially like when you openly talk shit about a person, either someone who's a, who's a supervisor or in charge of somebody, or they jump on that big, or like you talk shit about somebody in a setting that's at work, but not during working conditions, if that makes any sort of sense. I might, I might have gotten that wrong. You mean like, uh, like an after work event or are you talking like the, the team goes out for drinks or something like that? Cause yeah. I gotta be honest with you. Like in that setting, like I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If I took my team out for drinks after work and two guys started trash talking and one hit the other, man, that's, that's their free time. Yeah. You know, or MVP, you were there, uh, and witnessed it. Yeah. Uh, after 5 PM. So, uh, all the only thing I'm going to do is make sure that they were clocked out for the day, and it's not my problem. Yep. And sometimes too, you know, you can kind of uh, have a like a play on it too. Like, well, they were talking shit about you at work, but they were on break or something like that. There's so many different ways they could have messed with it. But again, like you said, like if they're in a free space environment and they're talking trash, that could just be them venting. But as soon as like it starts to turn, like counter. Wow, I'm having a real hard time with English right now. Like it's it's counterintuitive to like to getting the job done safely and, and correctly. Then that might get a little out of it. Then it's time like, okay, we probably need to put, uh, st- put a stop to this, reassess or reset everything and kind of just baseline from there. But again, like uh, sometimes it can be a motivator. Sometimes it can be a very big demoralizer. And sometimes like uh, some people, they, they just don't react at all. Like you can talk smack about this person all day, all night, or you can give them all kinds of motivation, positive motivation all day, all night. And it just doesn't register because they're just, they're so one track minded. Like, I just want to get in here, act my wage, do my job and get the hell out. You know? (laughs) Yep. That's exactly it. So um, another study here by the university of Connecticut confirmed trash talk can be off-putting. I think we all know that, especially when it involves bombarding people with such classic insults, such as grab a straw because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not heard that. They say it's classic, but I'm going to buy a pack of straws and take to work. Uh, do as we say, not as I do, people. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I, I, am, I am not one who uh, avoids trash talk. As I've kind of said, it's, a, it's an art form. Grab a straw because you suck. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one is my favorite one is, hey, when I die, will you be a pallbearer at my funeral? Well, sure. Why is that? Uh, because I want to rest in peace knowing you've let me down one last time. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one of all time. See, I've heard one about the straw, but it wasn't like grab a straw because you suck. I just I remember hearing, here's a straw now so so you can suck it up. I'm like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> See, I've heard that one. But same, same otherwise. But yeah, the one with the Paul Bear, that one is still one of my favorites. So you can just let me down one last time. <laughs> God, such good stuff. Uh, it's good, good stuff. But again, like uh, uh, we were, as we were saying, like, so a lot of this stuff, when it gets out of hand, it starts turning into a distraction where you stop doing the actual work or the goals you were aiming to compete for, whatever that goal is, be it a promotion, getting the job done faster innovating something better whatever to is just now i'm my purpose in life or at least for this next couple hours is to just 
get that kill shot in on you or just do that one up on you. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's different ways we can combat all this. And the probably the best way to do it, to go about it, if you are going to talk trash, is talk yourself up, but not put the other person down. You know what I mean? Like, I can do this better than you. I bet you I can do whatever you do in half the time or something like that to the effect, right? And that kind of just, it's kind of passive aggressive. I, I, I know this, but it's more like boasting about your abilities. And if you got the, the, the talent to do it, by all means, like there's all sorts of athletes out there who talk all sorts of smack about how they can just dunk on people or uh, if this person's blocking them, they'll just move right past them like they're not there and stuff like that. And that will spark the other person like, oh, I'm going to be the one to, to, to shut you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end your reign of trash talking terror. Yep. I'm, I'm going to end your street right here. Like the freaking Undertaker. I'm just going to cut, break the streak. <laughs> Sometimes uh, having these rivalries be between, it can be in an organization or outside. I think the ones outside the organization gets a little sketchy because say like, say like school rivalries, for instance. It's it's all good and fun when it's controlled, right? Like, okay, here's your barriers, here's your boundaries, do not cross this. But again, like you were, we were saying earlier, like uh, you start resorting to uh, dirty tactics where you either start sabotaging the others or you start doing pranks to make the other person get more demoralized. Like you steal something from their college or whatever the, the ongoing prank is during uh, a rival school uh, game. When that kind of stuff is not controlled, then things get pretty rowdy very fast. So when you are in this controlled setting, it just goes it just goes haywire all the way, and that's the kind of thing that gets very demoralizing for everybody. So then, instead of like people wanting to to join in and do better, now just like we're just gonna leave these guys, these people to the side and do what we're supposed to do, and just hopefully in their own sabotage, they don't ruin what's going on over here. Right. So, so another article we have here, it says confronting trash talk on your work team. Uh, in this scenario, it says a manager has difficulty trusting the team after a disgruntled member leaves. So the question comes from the manager, right? After a team member left the company, I found indications that he was trash talking about me with other team members. Now I am having trouble trusting them and their loyalty to me. In this team, how can I handle this? Uh, the answer was given was it doesn't pay to write off your team based on your departed staff members' behavior. So I, I read that as like you're 40 years old, which it says here in the thing that the, the manager's 40 years. You're 40 years old. Boo hoo! You know, you're not there to make friends. You're there to do a job. Yep. Think about it this way: if you were part of the team and fell under this type of suspicion, would it feel fair? Then consider if you tried to shut down the disgruntled employee or bring him around to be more positive, it would be very discouraging to be mistrusted. Given that, what would it take for you to give these folks the benefit of the doubt? Um, let's see here. Uh, it says take conscious steps to focus on the brighter side. Person by person, think about their positive attributes and behavior. Separate your thinking about them from this incident to help yourself move on. So basically like, hey, we, you know, this was happening. Okay, 
how can I change the hearts and minds? I think there's a book out there called Changing Hearts and Minds, but that's essentially what you're going to do. Okay, well, let me prove to you that I'm not the dickbag that this, this person said I am. And sometimes, you know, that takes a lot of work because that person might have been very popular amongst the teammates or he has that, he has it, he has their ear a lot more close than you do. And a lot of it takes a lot of work. But if you're actually showing genuine effort, like you're not just trying to assert dominance and you're actually trying to improve and make things better, then they'll start noticing like, okay, yeah, like this person's saying a bunch, but I understand my boss or my lead or my supervisor's character to the point where like, I know he's not what he says or he or she does. It's going to match up to whatever they tell me versus what the disgruntled uh, teammate or ex-teammate says. I'm like, oh, this person's a piece of shit. Well, he's kind of been, he or she's been kind of taking care of me pretty well. So now they start turning, flipping the script. Like, why are you so pissed? Right? Like, what what happened to you? And then they start picking apart their problems. Like, why are they holding such a grudge even though they're no longer part of the team or company or organization anymore? No, that's a good point. Um, it says, some may have gotten caught up in the negativity. You haven't seen any behavioral manifestations consider just moving on from it. So, I know, like, from my own experience, uh, there was a while where the team was very, man, you couldn't do anything to make them happy, right? But it was one person was leaving and all they were talking about was the new place and it's that unknown and wow, the grass sounds so much greener so everybody starts talking shit where they're at. But then that one person moves on then all of a sudden you kind of notice that the shit talking sort of stops. Right. Because there's not that one person there anymore perpetuating. Not that they were doing it maliciously or whatever else. It's just that typically was what happens when somebody moves on somewhere else everybody gets excited and says oh where are you going what's it like you know what would they offer um just just the nature of the beast that's business yep but um you know so i I, you know don't condemn everybody because typically it's probably not how they truly feel they're just like you said earlier it's that herd mentality just everybody everybody starts uh, echo chambering one another right or, you know, that person was just surrounded by so much negativity in the play, in the time and space they were in. And they're just venting it out however they saw fit to comfort themselves. And then it starts osmos getting absorbed by everybody else. Like, wow, this person's like genuinely mad. And everyone else is just mad for no reason because it's not that they're mad at something or somebody. It's just that's just how the atmosphere has bred itself. And you, it's kind of like you can't sit in a mud hole and not get dirty kind of thing. And um uh, like you said, like once that person leaves and the atmosphere kind of clears itself, then people start having a little bit of a of a mental clarity. Like, why were we pissed in the first place? And especially if you're actively trying to win the hearts and minds by improving things for the better and actually addressing their concerns. That like, why why were we mad in the first place? What was the issue? And then uh, the culture shifts and next thing you know, they don't remember why any of that was happening because it's so far gone now they've moved on they've they've progressed and now right. they just, you, can, you, you can use work to just get past that okay that person's gone hey guys i got new assignments for everybody blah 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 and you just kind of keep them busy next thing you know they're like hey were we talking about something uh we, we were talking shit but i don't i don't remember why we were talking shit oh well you know yep so that that's pretty much uh, 
the trash talking in a nutshell, really, I mean, there's there's different scenarios, there's different uh, avenues that that can be that can be experienced, right? Uh, some guys they just it's just like a natural way they talk wherever they're from, right? Like, or it could just be like something they picked up from a previous uh, organization, a school, or or an institution, whatever. And um, some of them may be uh, to spur competition but sometimes you know like things go a little too far and then you gotta have to give them that little bit of a reset but that's all incumbent on the team and the or environment that you're in to kind of know when and where's the right place to do such things and then if it's even warranted for you to do that and then knowing the boundaries of everybody and everything i think i kind of said that already but just knowing the boundaries yeah know the limit <laughs> or, or pay attention Read the room, I guess. Yes, that's it. Like when you're st- still talking trash and then everybody around, nobody's laughing anymore. You're like, hmm, maybe it's just me now. Right. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to like, maybe the problem's you. Sometimes, you know, like uh, people react because you're the problem and you're just too caught up in whatever it is you're doing to catch on. And that might be the opportunity for you to kind of do a little bit of, of uh, self-assessment. Like, why... Am I not getting the reaction I feel I should be getting? Or someone else kind of resets you for you and kind of pulls you to the side or however is uh, most efficient. Like, hey, you might want to dial down a little bit on this because it's not about being the king of the hill. It's about being a cohesive unit and getting the job done as efficiently as possible or as safely and efficiently as possible. And Every once in a while, it's cool to have like a team versus team thing or organization versus organization thing, provided that everyone understands the boundaries and the limits. Like you can't cross this line. Otherwise, it turns into like a whole ass mess. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, my parting words would be uh, use trash talk as playful banter. Just have fun with it. Yes. But don't uh, don't get super, super uh, invested in it. Just. uh, just hit them with some one-liners here and there and they'll hit you back and uh, and uh, get some good laughs out of it. Yes, exactly that. Well, let us know what you think. Like, uh, what's some of the best trash talk you have seen, received, or given at your workplace? Um, let us know, like, if it was a scenario that's kind of like a little tease here and there or, you know, like kind of a, a, a competitive jab at each other. And let us know, like, has there been times where it kind of, it started fun and it kind of got out of hand? Uh, whatever is the easiest way to get in hold of us, whether it be social medias or emails, one way or another. And if we get enough of these, we could probably do like a react um, episode about it. Like uh, this is what one person said, what they did. Like uh, would we has something happened like that to us, or have we heard more stories like this? And just it'd be pretty fun to hear your stories and hear and us react to it. Yeah, I, I would enjoy reading those stories. We, we we especially love those those listener interactions because it, it tells us like uh, what you guys experience and then if we were on we were on the same wavelength as all of you. But by all means, please let us know what your thoughts are and if you had any sort of stories or experiences similar to what we were talking about. And again, and again for everyone else, we've also have a comic series that follows in line with the podcast on the Tapas app. Uh, just search uh, Cancel for Maintenance or CXMX Comics and, and check out some of our stories. And 
as exaggerated as some of them are, they're pretty realistic. Like they've actually happened. We've embellished a couple of things here and there, but they've actually happened. Yeah. Each 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 comic strip is a embellished true story. And it might only be embellished in picture alone. Yes. <laughs> but verbiage <laughs> accurate or whatever else, you know. Yes. <laughs> But again, let us know your feedback and tell us how we are. And on that note, uh, we'll thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you again next time. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Caleb Stockhill, Jenny Dignan, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks such as access to our private Discord, discounts on and early access to merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have suggestions for the show or have a guest recommendation to be on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at our website and we will do what we can to get your ideas and or your recommendations on the show. You can also follow us on social media, such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, Twitter at CXMX Podcast, and now you can catch us on Tapas where you can view our latest comics. Check out our affiliate, RockwellTime.com, for watches and eyewear that support both your sporty and classy lifestyles. Use the code CX4MX, that's the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total purchase. Thank you all again for your listenership and support, and we will see you all next time.